Welcome back to the With Joey B podcast, Luke and Joe back again. Thanks for joining us, Luke. So we're continuing with, I guess, compelling modern thinkers, especially people who've offered thoughts about education, learning, career, or, and, you know, linking it to modern life more broadly as well. So we've done, just so you know where we're at, listeners, if you're new, we've done the Sim Nicholas Taleb a while ago. We've done Peter Thiel just after him. And then we've gone on to Alan Watts. We've got other thinkers lined up too. Luke is completely cold or pretty much completely cold to Alan Watts, which is exciting. We've deliberately done that. Also, Luke, we should note, we've passed the 200 episode mark for With Joey. Hey. So that's, that's pretty bloody exciting. Yeah, so we'll get jump into it in a sec. The last thing I want to notify people of is I do do a newsletter every every week with summaries and I guess the biggest takeaways from the podcast that week. So that will be in the description. It's called the Dorman newsletter. And, you know, it's just super short to the point. And then I link to the episodes so you can navigate to the ones that are most interesting or see like a written summary. I also, cause I find it's useful, tend to write blog posts or blog posts to summarize these thinkers thoughts that we go through. So that can be a useful resource and I'll make sure that's in the show notes, or you can head to the website, www.withjoeweeby.com. There's three W's there, by the way, but I think people know that. Okay. Now we're going to get into it. It'll probably be about five to seven episodes I'm expecting on Alan Watts. Who knows? We'll see where the journey takes us. So let's explain who the hell this guy is and why he offered this analysis that the education system can be quite cruel. So Alan Watts is basically a British philosopher spoke about modern life and is credited with um, really accelerating or bringing a lot of Zen Buddhism concepts um, to the Western world. He's often thought of as an autodidact, which is basically a very compelling term for listeners of this podcast, people who are largely self-taught um, through all his schooling, I think is quite problematic. So yeah, it's basically education without the guidance of masters, which definitely fits the philosophy of what we talk about here. I think you have guides, I guess, and not necessarily masters. So, and also another famous autodidact is Da Vinci. He was definitely like that too. So it is really interesting. You get a lot of high performers that were very self-taught, but define self-taught too, very tricky. Anyway, so it makes such a good reference point to allow concepts on education and learning. I think what's different, Luke, especially compared to Taleb and Teal, we've mixed it up. A lot of people who are familiar with Taleb and Teal, I guess they have a lot of respect in the business world, even though they're yep. very good overarching thinkers. Alan Watts, again, is much more like of a purely philosophical, yeah, very much obviously Zen Buddhism inspired thinker. He's okay. not really a business world figure. But I think he's an amazing, not contrast, but amazing, I guess, addition or, you know, different shade of this bigger conversation around education and learning should really fit into fucking reality. Makes sense. Anyway, so we will get uh, to what he suggests we do in, instead of education in the end of this series. So make sure you listen to the next five or six episodes or whatever it is. We'll cover how our education system creates overgrown children and why we should let some people quit society. That's all going to be covered when talking about Alan Watts. <laughs> yes. And I think the, the first idea, the one I want to introduce, this is a quote he said, is that we kind of treat education and, and especially funneling people into life this way as if they're a donkey with a carrot tied onto their head hanging out in front of them. And the goal is to chase the carrot. <laughs> Luke's lost it. And, and obviously it's this idea that they never catch the carrot. 
And this was basically one of the ways he summarized the linear progression we're presented with in our culture as the script you're meant to navigate through life. There's always something coming is one of his famous, you know, lines. There's always something coming. So oh, I think my favorite video on YouTube, Luke, I believe I might've sent this to you though. You might not know, and it was Alan Watts. It's called Life is Not a Journey by, by Alan Watts. There's a great animated video and I'm going to read from it because the quotes are so powerful, I couldn't really unpack them more powerfully myself. So this is quoting Alan Watts. But we don't, taking on from that idea, but we don't see that as something brought by our education into our conduct. We have a system of schooling which gives a completely different impression. It's all graded, and what we do is put the child into the corridor of this grade system with a kind of, come on, kitty, kitty, and you go to kindergarten, and that's a great thing because when you finish that, you get into first grade then come on, first grade leads to second grade and so on. And then you get out of grade school and you go to high school. It's revving up. The thing is coming. Then you're going to go to college. Then you've got graduate school. And when you're through with graduate school, you go out to join the world. Then you get into some racket where you're selling insurance and they've got that quota to make and you're going to make that. And all the time that thing is coming. It's coming. It's coming that great thing, the success you're working for. Then you wake up one day about 40 years old and you say, my God, I've arrived. I'm there. And you don't feel very different from what you've always felt. Look at the people who live to retire to put those savings away. And then when they're 65, they don't have any energy left. They're more or less impotent. <laughs> and they go and rot in some old people's senior citizens community because we simply cheated ourselves the whole way down the line. Because we thought of life by analogy with a journey, with a pilgrimage, which had a serious purpose at the end. And the thing was to get to that thing at the end, success or whatever it is, or maybe heaven after you're dead. But we missed the point the whole way along. It was a musical thing and you were supposed to sing or dance while the music was being played. I like that, Joe. Yes, uh, I figured you would. It's so powerful. There's a video. It's so much more powerful. He has an amazing, this amazing British soothing accent. Whenever I listen to him, I get incredibly calm. And there's obviously uh, lots of, there's lots of mix-ups of him on YouTube and Spotify with music behind his voice. They're incredibly peaceful to listen to. And they always do what I hope and try so much to do, which is get you to zoom out and also relax to, to look beyond the game that so easily consumes our attention and energy in life. If you want to think about education, I just will keep hammering this point home. You can't think about it as some sort of detached thing from the rest of our reality and our lives. It must connect to and serve that reality, not be some strange island in the middle, which gets us to live it a different way. And in that passage, very concise, he really sums it up. And so to recap, it's this idea that you're feeding you on this idea of the outcome, that you do things for an outcome and that there's always an outcome to chase. That's what he's talking about. When you're 20, you know, like maybe the, as one of the young people listening to this might be, when you're 20, it's, oh, when I graduate, I'm going to get this job, then I'll feel great. 
but not just the job. Once I get this certain promotion or I've made, or I've made enough money, or if I've got my investment property or when I'm married, you know, when I don't have to worry about money anymore, then life will be great. And it's, it's always feeling like there's something missing, like you're not enough, but there's something you got to chase that will make you feel complete. And this is there, but it actually doesn't stop. Cause once you catch that thing, you don't feel any different to the way you've always felt. This is, I, I really felt like I, I learned this, certainly not completely, but in rough principles with my experiences in, in Nepal, forcing me to think differently about the business I started. And over a couple of years, it really shifted my mindset because in the West, it is usually the default way of thinking. I'm not saying everyone thinks that way, but it's very easy to think in this continuing the stage-based system we have in school that there's always something else coming. In school, I remember everyone was excited to, you know, not have tests anymore. And then when you listen to adults, they all are jealous of children because they don't have any concerns. And everyone's looking at the grass is green on the other side. You have something to say, Luke? I was just curious. What was it about? I just want to understand what it was about the experience in Nepal specifically that sort of took you away from thinking about life as a stepping stone to something else. Because when you have whatever you have now and you think I don't have enough yet, I'm trying to get to this point, then you go and see people who live very differently and have materially way less than you've ever had. Yet they've also not having that removes a lot of the barriers to them being connected and enjoying the present. Sometimes it's at the expense of some sort of, I guess, you know, economic development and, and financial well-being, I guess. But it forces you to rethink because how can you need more if they don't need any of it? Yeah. And, and that plus the feeling of how peaceful I felt while I was there thinking, why would, uh, what am I looking for? This was a, a plane trip away. This was, I'm here. What more would anyone want than this moment? What is, what is so worthwhile? Yeah. I remember when you really clear examples, when you told that parable, I think it's a parable. What is it? The, the fisherman. fisherman? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That, that one really classic. Yeah. Yeah. That spoke to me specifically. Yeah. So I think just turning this first episode into actionables, I wrote some notes here in preparation and I thought, um, to myself, don't succumb to the stage-based system. It's outdated. Because the, the very dangerous trap of thinking is, there's a, I see this a lot of young people because everything's so, we're so used to be, you have to be qualified to do something, which is very stage-based. Be surprised. Allow yourself to be surprised. There's not much you actually really need qualification to do. The real qualification is the attitude and the enthusiasm. It's not yeah. a blasé message. You don't need anyone's permission to start an online business. I don't need anyone's permission to start, you know, the constant student. Uh, I didn't need anyone's permission to start this podcast. I didn't need anyone's permission to start a blog. Some things you need accreditation for to practice, but that that's like, I would treat that literally. If you don't need accreditation and you, you have the attitude that you're going to do the best or make the most of things. I don't, yeah, I don't see many advantages to this mindset of one day or I'm not, or I'm not ready yet. I'm not ready yet can be dangerous. Obviously there's a level of truth there, but in general, as long as you're comfortable taking on a challenge, 
that's the most important qualification. I'm not saying there's not other qualifications. As long as you're comfortable taking on the challenge, things will figure themselves out. And it's very rare that people will critique you. You'd have to be doing something incredibly wrong. Mm. How do you distinguish between being goal orientated and having that mindset you're talking about? Because that's that's what I thought it's instantly was, you know, you can be hyper-focused on goals or, you know, setting your North Star, for example. How, how can that be different to... What a great question. Yeah, only thinking about living for that next thing. Yeah, we're going to get... To, I think Watts has a pretty good rule of thumb for this. I actually won't spoil it. So I'll say okay. something else. But it's I got good, ahead of myself. It's also a good hook for everyone to keep listening. Yeah. Uh, Luke's so wise that he's ahead. He's already thinking, <laughs> hang on, there's a loophole here. I'll, but I'll give a very good example. I'm very careful to set goals in terms of like hard numbers these days. Because sometimes you get locked in on something for the sake of it. Mm. For example, there was one point last year, where like, all right, we'd love to get another 100 members for the community. And we didn't get 100. We got like, I don't know, 45 or something. And it turned out it wasn't the end of the world, <laughs> right? There's a big, there's a big hustle, there's a big push, a lot of frustration, whatever. And it's you know whatever, but it's easy to kind of get attached to the goal. So you can't really get attached to it. The goal yeah. is like a rough metric. It's like this is the probably the sort of thing we should be aiming for. And being, uh, I come back to concepts, which is the second dot point I had here. Concepts like MVL, audience of none, and thousand doors in particular the things I speak and write about a lot, right? MVL is if you're content with what you have now, there, is, there should be some version of your life you're very pleased with, which doesn't require much material change. Because if the people in the fucking Nepal can do it in a rural community, what excuse, to, what excuse do you have? You're made of the same genetic material as, as they are. So this notion that, and you know, it's different if you're, living somewhere and getting abused and you know all the usual disclaimers there are some bad situations but if you're doing you know as long as things are comfortable that's the mvl right as long as things are passable now and you're pretty content with it right that's something to take notice of and the audience of none concept like if you spend a lot of your times your time doing things that you do for free and if no one was watching then at the very least if you never get any other whatever externally recognized or bigger success you know, you get to look back, you don't really have much regret because I got to spend that time writing or maybe Luke, you got to spend that time running or you know, whatever, having good conversations. It's nice to have these clear things and point to saying, I did that too, obviously. Yes, of course. But the things you get to control most, you know, like the process. So if you enjoy the process, then it's really hard to lose, which we've talked about, you know, I think that's interesting. And yeah, but I, I do think it is get we we overfocus in the West on finite games, as James Pass would have called them, or the outcome. You know, and this always that we idea that we always need to be preparing ourselves, and it just can get very. I think if you don't feel good and in, and enjoy, find the process towards a goal meaningful, there might be a problem with the goal. But we'll get to what Alan Watts says about that. He has a one line that just shuts shuts down any lack of clarity and so it's not too cruel of me to tease i think it's three episodes away so we'll get there but yeah that's that's it for today we better wrap this up because we've dragged but see you again tomorrow for more alan watts he is a a bucket of wisdom see you then